This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hello, business storytellers. Christoph Trapp here, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. Today's topic will be local SEO. What does that mean? Who should care about it? Um, and, you know, uh, how do you implement that into your strategy? So I asked Greg Gifford, um, local SEO expert. Uh, Greg, thanks for joining us. Hey, happy to be here. So local SEO, what, what does that mean? What is it? What's the definition to get us started? So a lot of people don't realize there are multiple algorithms at play. So when you type something into Google, Google's going to choose which algorithm is going to return the best search results based on the intent of the search. So it has a local algorithm where it changes slightly the signals that it's looking at, and it's going to return results constrained to a particular geographic area. So this would be any SMB that has a physical location or uh, you're talking like plumbers or electricians where you, you go to the customer's place of business or home to do business with them. So you're serving people in an area, but you need to show up in that particular city or metro and that's it. That's local SEO. And the example that I like to use is pizza delivery. If you're looking for pizza delivery, Google's going to give you pizza delivery spots that are right there in that immediate area where like I'm in just outside of Dallas, Texas. If I'm looking for pizza delivery, it's going to give me stuff that's in my immediate area. It's not going to show me the restaurant for some guy in you know New York or Chicago just because that guy has the best pizza website. It's only going to show me stuff in the immediate area because it knows that I have local intent and I need to get something from nearby. So local SEO includes those additional signals to help target showing up well in the local area. And of course, I mean, what's the definition of local? I guess that depends on, on what the business is or, or how far out yeah. you go. Yeah, you know, it, it depends on the business. And, you know, one of the best ways to kind of tell if you need local SEO is if you do a search for some of your keywords and any of your keywords pulls up one of those map packs where you've got the map and the three results underneath the map that are kind of separated from the standard organic listings, that's, that's the local algorithm. And the radius on that map can change drastically. You know, if you're looking at, you know, something like, like if you're in, in Dallas, Texas, and you look for Ford dealership, then it's going to be a pretty tight radius because there's a lot of Ford dealerships. But if you're in the middle of nowhere in like Wyoming, and you search for dealership, you'll probably have a two or 300 mile radius because there just aren't as many dealers competing for that phrase. You know, same thing for, you know, dentist or locksmith, depending on the business coffee shops, another great one where, you know, you search coffee shop in a big city, it's going to be a block or two radius where, you know, you could search for something else and it might be a three or four mile radius. So it's, it really just depends on the business that we're talking about and how dense the competition is. And, you know, as you were talking about that, I'm reminded of a content marketing project I did actually with um, an OB in the Dallas area. 
and fantastic content that they shared. And one of the articles took off globally, right? And somebody says, well, but who cares if somebody in Croatia reads an article from the OB because they're not going to come to Dallas to have their baby. Yeah, but there's some value in getting that national attention or the international or national attention too, because link building is a big part of SEO, whether you're talking about standard SEO or local SEO. And obviously you want links from local businesses because that enforces the locality of your entity online. But if you write some really great piece of content and you know, you're an, an OB or a plastic surgeon and you write something that is really awesome and relevant to the entire world, then that's likely to get links. And those links are going to help you get more value for your site, which helps you show up. So, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, but obviously, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of value in, in getting more local attention. Yeah. There's no, usually there is value to, to get attention one way or another. Um, one of the episodes we did recently was about websites for small businesses. So Jason Lass and I, we're on that show, and it was we talked about what do you need on a website for really a local business, a small business. And the reason that was prompted, um, that episode was prompted by a hailstorm that came through town, Greg. And what happened is um, everybody wants to fix my roof, right? But I got to do some due diligence and figure out who they are and, and what do they do. And really what I noticed that some people don't have a website, some people do have a website. And the ones with a website, it was kind of nice to see you know, what their testimonials are, what their, um, their um, not white papers, but, you know, what, what are their examples of work and that kind of thing. But from an SEO perspective, I mean, do you, re- do you need a website or is that required or, or what's, what, what are your thoughts on that? So local has always been more entity-based than traditional SEO. So it's actually possible to rank in local SEO without a website. Now you won't show up in the standardized or or in the standard organic area, but you can show up in the map pack with just a Google My Business listing and no website. Now it depends on the vertical and how much competition there is, uh, but it is possible, but you know, it's always better to have a website to have that additional information. And then, you know, ideally you want to be able to show up for as much as possible and you're going to be very limited as to how you can show up if you don't have a site. And so, but at the bare minimum, Google My Business is something companies should make sure is in order, correct? 100%. Google My Business is basically the new home page for any business that's a local business. Uh, and some verticals, in fact, even though it's beneficial to have a website, you might see that there's not a whole lot of website traffic because, I mean, think restaurants are a great example. If you're traveling and you're looking for a, a great place to go have dinner, you don't necessarily need to go to that restaurant's website anymore. You know, you're looking for a restaurant that has great reviews. You can see that right there in Google My Business, and you can see pictures of the food right there. You know, either in the reviews or just in the photo section of Google My Business, and then get directions or even make a reservation without ever having to go to the website. So in some cases. You know, you may not, the, the website's very, very, very secondary to Google My Business. You may not even get there. In other cases, you're definitely going to find the business on Google My Business, you know, find the, the business through their Google My Business listing, but then click through to their website and do your, your transaction or your phone call or whatever on the site. So, 
the, you know, whether, whether you want to try to go without a site or, or not, Google My Business is absolutely vital. It's going to be the first impression that you make with potential local customers. So can you, can you measure actions taken directly from your Google My Business? So if I, let's say I'm, I'm searching for uh, roof contractors, right, and I click the call button, can I as the business tell that that's where the lead came from or th how does that work? Yeah, for sure. So there is something inside of the Google My Business dashboard called Insights, which gives you data on how many people clicked to call, how many people clicked for directions, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, you can also put a tracking number into Google My Business, which is what we always suggest that people do. So for a long time, uh, people didn't want to, or it was kind of not a great idea to put a tracking number in Google My Business because there is something called NAP consistency. NAP is name, address, phone number. And with that local algorithm, it was really important to the algorithm to see the same phone number listed for a business everywhere that it saw that business mentioned online. So if you had a different phone number, it kind of caused some issues. But uh, uh, about a year ago, uh, maybe a year and a half, Google changed the rules on that. And so now it's okay to use a tracking number. And so you, you've got a, a primary phone number that's what's gonna show in your listing. And then you've got some alternate numbers. And so you just throw your, your local phone number in the alternate slot and put a tracking number in the primary slot so that that number that shows to the general public is actually a tracking number. And then, you know, whichever call tracking provider you've got, you're definitely going to know how many phone calls you got because they called that specific number. Mm -hmm. And for companies that are not, maybe the last question on Google, my business is uh, for companies that are not on there yet, they really just go to that page on Google and sign up and claim their business. Or is it harder than that? No, it's, it's pretty easy. It's just google.com slash business and you type in the name of your business. And, and for a lot of times when you haven't set it up yourself, it might already exist because Google's pretty intelligent about seeing those things. And, you know, it may have been set up by someone else or, you know, Google sees that, you know, you've got a website and it scraped the address or whatnot. So you may already have a listing, which is why you type in the business name and it will say, oh yeah, this already exists. Here it is you can now claim it or it's possible maybe it's been claimed by someone else or, you know, most of the, most of the time, like I said, it's just not claimed and you just go in and claim it and then it's yours. The problem is right now during the whole COVID quarantine thing, Google support is very, very overwhelmed. And so if you're at this point, you know, I'm assuming this podcast gets published pretty soon. Mm -hmm. We're probably still under lockdown. If you're trying to do this under lockdown, just understand that, you know, sometimes it's taking up to two or three weeks to get your business verified just because support is really slow. In, in regular, quote unquote, normal times, uh, it's usually pretty quick. It's usually a day or two that you're going to get that verification and, and be good to go. And so what's interesting about the comment, too, is so when, when I searched for roofing contractors, right, I got a whole long list, I don't know, 10, 12 on the map right in my immediate area and then it said website or you could call them or whatever um so that's why they're showing up because they have google my business um and they're they're showing up for um for those terms can you show up there if you don't have google my business or does google prioritize you if you're signed up for showing in the map pack you yeah. pretty much have to have a google my business listing got it so bare minimum um what what other things should companies do to rank locally? I mean, what are some 
uh, I hate the term quick wins, really. Nothing seems quick anymore. <laughs> You've right. the quick things. But what are the things, like how, how do companies get started to move up in local, uh, local rankings? So first thing, absolute bare minimum, you've got to get your Google, Google My Business claimed and set up. So that's, you know, getting it claimed and verified, having your actual business name, making sure that your map pin is placed correctly, making sure you've got the correct address and a phone number in there. You know, like I said, ideally put a tracking number in. And then the category choices are really important. You got to make sure that you're choosing the right categories for your business. And then you want to upload photos and make sure that you're, you know, got everything in there so that you're making a good impression. Then beyond that, on your website, the two most important things are that you've got really good content that's original content. That's actually, I don't, I don't want to say local content, but it needs to be localized. It needs to be clear to people reading that site that you're actually located in that area. So that means you don't want to just shove your city name, you know, into your content throughout the site, you need to mention things about the local area that make it clear that, that you really know that local area and you're part of that local area. And then link building is incredibly important. And because, you know, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, because we're doing local SEO, you want those links to come from local businesses. So local link building is massively important. And then once you've got that knocked out, then you want to head back to Google My Business and you want to really concentrate on acquiring reviews from customers because customer reviews are, are a big, big, big part of showing up in that map pack as well. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about how do you get local links? So one thing as you were talking about, I, I just thought of, I mean, there's many, many media companies, especially in smaller cities, right? They do articles, this business open, this business closed. That's not really the best example, but um, here's something new with this company. Uh, I mean, right. so you want some of that media so they can, they, they would hopefully link back to you, right? Exactly. So the, the big thing is, you know, most of the time when people think link building, you're thinking about what you read in link building articles or hear in podcasts or watching webinars. And that's typically really big agencies kind of brag slash selling where they're talking about these amazing campaigns where they had and they spent millions of dollars and did all this PR outreach and got thousands of links from all these huge publications. And that's just not really realistic for most small businesses. And the good thing is it doesn't matter because for most small businesses, it's pretty easy to get local links because it's all about old school marketing techniques. The things that businesses used to do before the internet to get visibility is, you know, get involved in the community, do things in the community, be visible in the community, because that gets your business out there. That's the same sort of stuff that works now to get you mentions and links in the local area. So a lot of times it's things businesses might already be doing, you know, if they're really involved with local charities or local organizations, or, you know, maybe they're really involved in their church or their kids are really into like a club soccer team or, you know, local sponsorships are great, like, you know, a 5K race or uh, a golf tournament or anything like that. So there's tons of different ways that you can get local links, and it's usually pretty, pretty easy to get those. So uh, sometimes, um, a lot of times when you see, when you mentioned local sports sponsorships, right? So a ton of companies do that. Um, certainly sometimes they're on like the banner, like I think it's softball, you know, they got the yeah. banner up and then all the sponsors and sometimes, you know, or a lot of times the, the sponsorship includes being listed on the website, um, right. which the value might be, who knows, right? If nobody goes to the website. 
But is it true or not true that um, if you get the link, whether there's a lot of people on that website or not, doesn't matter, but it still helps with that link building strategy. Exactly. Because you want to think of it like in a, in a non-technical standpoint, uh, it's almost like high school where if you've got another site linking to your site, it's like a vote of popularity. So the more votes you acquire, the more popular your site is. So the more valuable your site is, the more links or the more votes you can get. So, uh, you know, we like to try to do things with, uh, you know, like little league teams. Uh, you know, you sponsor a little league team for like a couple hundred bucks. You get your name on the jersey. So it's the old school marketing side of things where you get that exposure in the real world, but you also get a link from their site to your site. Or churches are really good links, too. Uh, and it's also a great example, you know, you've got little league sites and church sites that outside of the people involved with that organization, nobody's going to go to that website, but that doesn't matter because that site is hyper local. And if you can get a link from that site, then that's something that really only a business in the local area can get. Very, very interesting. Sounds like a lot of work though. Uh, it can be a lot of work. Uh, that's usually the, the reason most, most agencies out there don't do any local link building or any link building at all, because link building is pretty work intensive and time intensive. So a lot of times uh, agencies just don't include link building. And the agencies that do link building are usually just going to go for the really cruddy directory sites where, you know, you can go to like, dallaswebsites.org or whatever and just fill out a form and get a link and that's not really going to work and then you know especially if you're a, a business owner or a marketer working just in-house at a business the link building is definitely the hardest aspect because it's something that you kind of have to get out of your comfort zone and, and figure out so that's really something that if you're doing it in-house you really need to find the right kind of online training course that tells you how to do okay. these things because it's not something you can just pick up and figure out on your own. But, you know, I, the more I listen to you, there's a lot of business owners. I mean, I got like 10 people at the top of my mind that, that I know do this already, right? They're involved in Rotary. They sponsor teams. Um, yeah. They are involved in church, whatever. Um, for them, the only difference to what they're already doing is to make sure that they also ask for the link from the website. Yep. The follow through for the link is the only difference. And for us, whenever we onboard a new client, we have a big questionnaire exactly about that sort of thing. What are you involved with? What do you do in the community? So, you know, if you're part of the Rotary Club or Kiwanis or anything like that, all we have to do is go through and do the follow through for you and say, hey, look, you know, especially if you're on the leadership board of a local organization, you're definitely going to be listed on that organization's website. So it's super easy to just do follow through and say, here's all the things you're already doing in the community or things that you've done for the last few years. We can come kind of just mop up behind you and get a bunch of local links out of that. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, but they have to remember certainly to kind of integrate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the hard part. Um, how about, so of course, one of my babies is, you know, thought leadership. How do you share content that people uh, want to consume? Is there a place to, you know, have a podcast or blog or whatever you want to call it um, for local SEO? Is, have you, is, is there any value in that? Uh, in doing it, are you talking about the value of listening to one to learn more how to do stuff or the value in doing one yourself on to, your own site? To, to do it on your own site. So, for example, right, I mean, we have um, big brands, right? They share knowledge to draw people to their site and also to get their 
pages to rank. Um, but is there any place like that for local SEO and a local SEO project? Yeah, I mean, if you can find a local business that is doing a podcast and or a, a, you know a webinar series or something like that or a video series, and you can get mentioned there, that's great too. It's you know it's, it's likely going to lead to getting a link back to your site as well. As far as being a local business and running your own podcast, potentially it might get you some links, uh, but that's a whole lot of extra work to go through just to try to acquire. Uh, you know, links, unless you really have the time to dedicate. And obviously, you know, it takes time to do a podcast and to do it consistently and to do it well. So for a lot of business owners, it's just kind of, there's just not enough time in the day to get all that done. Right. But so if let's say you, you figure out the things people are searching for locally, uh, is there value in like blogging or anything like that for? Oh yeah, blogging is incredibly important because otherwise, you know, let's say you're a, a local a, attorney. Let's let's mm -hmm. use that as an example. You're a local attorney, and you've got your website set up. And let's say that counting all the various pages on your site, there's you know 15, 20 pages on your site. But other than you know, you might tweak the optimization of a page here or there every once in a while as you're monitoring performance or maybe changing slightly the things that you do, your website's pretty static. And so that's really, it, it, it's kind of a, a dead end almost where Google doesn't see any signals emanating from that site. If you're lucky and you're building some links, Google's going to see, Hey, this website's getting some links built to it, but content wise, there's just not a whole lot there where when you add the blog aspect in and you're blogging on a regular basis, even if it's just one blog post a month, Google sees that, hey, this person is continually adding information and building information on their site to make a better customer experience. And that lets you better prepare yourself for showing up for even more keyword phrases because, you know, you show up for the, the keyword phrases and the variations for the 20 pages that you have, but there might be something really specific like, uh, you know, you're, you're an attorney and you're a personal injury attorney and you want to show up for, uh, you know, a personal injury case because you were injured in a car wreck with an Uber driver. That's something that if I'm searching, I'm searching for, I was injured in an Uber car crash. That attorney's just regular car crash lawyer page may not show up as well for that because Uber car crash is much more specific. So you can put in some sort of a blog post there and show up really well because you're targeting additional, even more specific long tail keyword phrases or, you know, using a car dealership as an example, the vast majority of a car dealership's website is the actual inventory. So the, the year make model type searches that you're targeting, you might have a few pages about service and a few pages about parts, but you know, writing, do-it-yourself service tips, how to change your own oil, how to, you know, how to connect jumper cables, uh, how to change a tire. That's stuff that people are going to search for. You know, if, if you've never had to connect jumper cables before and you've got to jump your car, what are you going to do? You're going to pull out your phone and do a search for, you know, how to do jumper cables. Or, you know, maybe you want to try to change your own oil. So you look for how to change your own oil and you're like, whoa, that's way too much for me to do. But hey, I'm just reading this on this website and these guys do oil changes. Why don't I go here to get my oil change? So there's, there's a ton of value in that blog content. 
And then an additional value in the blog content in the local area is you don't want to just write about what you do or what you sell. You want to write about the local area as well. So for the clients that we work with, half we do a blog post a week and half of our blog posts, uh, you know, kind of every other one are related to the business and the other half aren't related to the business and they're just about the local area. And that lets you kind of throw a wider net out to potential customers because, you know, again, let's say you're uh, an attorney or, you know, dentist, let's use dentist as an example, or, you know, car dealership, even better. Dennis, you've got at most people are coming in twice a year unless they have a dental emergency or a car dealership. You got somebody coming in every six months or maybe once a year for service and they're going to buy a car every six years. So if your blog content is all about here's cars to sell, you're only writing blog content that's relevant to a very narrow portion of the local audience, where if you start writing things that are useful about the local area and you become, you know, in, in Google's eyes, an expert on that local area, then you're going to be able to write a lot of posts about the local area that show up well. And we'll ex again, it's almost like the old school marketing approach. You're just trying to expo expose your brand to more people in the local area. So now you've got that person that may not be ready to come in to buy a car, but when they are ready to buy a car a year or two from now, they've come to your site several times and they're familiar with your brand. Or, you know, using the dentist example, I don't need my teeth cleaned and I don't have any sort of need to go to a dentist, but maybe I've, I've seen a couple things on this dentist website. And then when I... And out and I fall down because I'm playing with my kids and I chip a tooth. Who's going to come to mind? Probably that guy, you know, unless I obviously already have my own dentist that I go to all the time. But, you know, if I'm not, you know, new to the area or I'm looking for a new dentist, then mm -hmm. you're throwing, you know, throwing out that wider net. It's getting brand exposure for your business to more people in the local area. Plus those local posts just about the local area are another great method for getting local links, which then, build more local authority for the site, which then helps all your other stuff show up even better. So it's, it's all interconnected. It is. And so let's take the example of, let's stick with blogging for a second. Um, you know, the other day I did a podcast with a local owner of a um, direct mail firm, right? And then uh -huh. I turned, then I turned the podcast into a blog post. Same thing I, you know, I'm planning on doing with this show. Um, and I do that quite often. And so he got the link back, right? First of all, from all the podcast platforms and then my article. And of yep. course, since authentic storytelling is not .net, it's not really a local site, right? I just talked about how businesses should consider direct mail during the coronavirus pandemic because marketing mail is down. Everybody is at home nonstop. And right now is really a good time. So then I got him on the show and he talked about how, um, how to do it, when, how to consider it, how B2C is a little easier currently than B2B because all the offices are closed. So that was my angle. But let's say he were to write an article, a blog post on that topic for his site, which is mostly local, right? Does he have to find an angle that's also localizing the story or does that not matter? Uh, it doesn't necessarily matter, but it's helpful. Uh, now, the story doesn't necessarily have to be localized if it's a local website, but, you know, it's also possible you may have something that gets you national attention and there's not really any locality unless maybe it mentions, hey, you know, here's a list of the five best dentists that are really doing cool stuff in the community. 
and they're mentioning a, a dentist in five different cities, they're probably going to say, oh, you know, this guy is in Colorado Springs. And then boom, you've got Colorado Springs mentioned in close proximity to the stuff that's talking about you and to that link that's to you. But again, any attention is good attention. So anytime you can get a link, it's great. Uh, I don't think it's really, you know, for most people out there, especially the ones that are trying to do their own link building, I, I think it's a little bit uh, overcomplicating things to try to always have that local angle on every link. Anytime you can get a link, it's a good link. Got it. Of course, you know, I'm just the journalist and he comes out and getting a local, local angle, angle for that story is actually pretty easy, right? Because it's still the same story. And then maybe I can get a quote from the postmaster telling me how marketing mail is down in my yep. city. There you go, right? Yep. That didn't take too long. Yep. Um, very interesting. Okay, one, uh, I guess my last question. We've talked a lot about Google My Business, uh, Google in general, um, SEO, local SEO. Um, and how about Bing? Do we need to care? Or is it the same yes. thing? Yep, you've got Bing Places, which is kind of like Google My Business. So you definitely want to go and claim that. But in, in the vast majority of cases, Bing's just such a small player. Uh, all of the things that you do for SEO signals on Google are also the signals that matter to Bing. They're weighted slightly differently, but it's still basically the same thing. So you know, if you're in an area and, you know, look at your Google Analytics. If you're getting any traffic at all from Bing, then it's probably worth going to Bing. I mean, really, in any case, it's worth going to Bing and filling out your or claiming your, your Bing Places listing. But in a lot of cities, I just, you just don't see any Bing traffic at all. So you could probably get by without worrying about it. Uh, certain parts of the country, you know, definitely Northwest up, especially around Microsoft headquarters, there's a lot of Bing usage. Uh, it would definitely be important to make sure that you're well represented there. In the South, not as much Bing usage, maybe not as much of a priority. Yeah, the only time I use Bing is when the browser sets it as a default and I forget about changing it. But <laughs> and, and, and then you immediately go and switch to Google anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. Um, very interesting stuff, Greg. Uh, where can people connect with you on the web? Uh, where can they find you? So our website is searchlabdigital.com. I do a weekly video series called Local Search Tuesdays. So that can be found on our blog, which is just searchlabdigital.com slash blog. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. That's kind of my social media platform of choice. So Twitter is just at Greg Gifford. Uh, and then, you know, some people like to follow me on LinkedIn. If you prefer LinkedIn, I share my videos there as well. But really, the, the place that's best to connect with me is either through our website or uh, on Twitter. Fantastic. Uh, check, check Greg out on those networks. Um, the, the other question that just came to mind as we're talking about social media, uh, does presence on social media have any impact at all? Do, do people need to care about that? You know, presence is different than activity. Uh, you don't really have to be active, but one of the locational listing sites that Google's algorithm does consider is your Facebook listing. So, you know, it's important to make sure that you've got a, a page, a business page on Facebook uh, that has your business name, your address, and your phone number. Uh, and potentially you can get reviews on Facebook as well, or Facebook calls them recommendations because it's just a yes, no binary thing. Uh, 
Uh, I think it's pretty valuable to be on Facebook just because some people will look on Facebook or you can get that social recommendation on Facebook. But in the grand scheme of things, if, if you're not really a Facebook user and you don't do it yourself and you're not, you know, if you're a business owner and you're doing your own marketing and you're trying to figure out what you have time to fit in your mix, you'd probably be okay not really messing with Facebook. Very interesting. Greg, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for all the insights. Always, it's always great to learn something new on the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's always fun to do these. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Thank you.